Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Friday, October 28th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Kansas City Current are one day away from playing in the NWSL championship game against the Portland Thorns. The game is set for Washington, D.C., and will kick off Saturday at 7 p.m. Central. On today's show, star columnist Vahe Gregorian and beat writer Daniel Sperry will discuss the game and the season for the current only in its second year of existence. And last year, the team won three games and finished last. It's been an amazing ride on and off the field for this team, which opened a new training facility and broke ground on a new stadium. We cover that ground and more on today's show. After a break, you'll hear from current coach Matt Potter and midfielder Lola Bonta, who was named to the All-NWSL team this week. Okay, let's talk Kansas City Current. All right, Daniel and Vahe are with us, and we're going to talk about the Kansas City Current uh, going to Washington, D.C. on Saturday to play in the NWSL final against the Portland Thorns, 7 o'clock Central Time, Audi Field. And, Daniel, I'll start with you. Um, when this season opened, coming off of what uh, the inaugural season of the second uh, run of women's professional soccer in Kansas City, I don't imagine you saw this moment coming. Yeah, um, I think I I think I probably saw maybe playoffs if you look at the roster that they compiled. Um, like it doesn't surprise me that they were in the postseason at all. Um, even with some of the moves that they've made to deal with the injuries that they had, uh, you know, to to Sam Mewis and to Lynn Williams, um, even to Taylor Leach on the back, not Taylor Leach, uh, Mallory Weber on the back line. Um, in the very first regular season game of the year, she tore her ACL on the turf up in Portland. I mean, there's just um, it's been multiple. I think there's what three, two torn ACLs, uh, one knee injury with stimulus that we aren't quite exactly sure what it is. And then you have Lynn Williams who completely busted her hamstring and had a bunch of other damage due to poor injury care throughout, you know, her career, which is probably due to some poor advice that she got along the way. So, I mean, all these things that are just where it seems like every single one of them could have been a major bombshell to them. They've had players step up uh, and do it. It's been it's been rookies. It's been uh, players that were unwanted by other teams like CZ Kaiser. Um, I, I I don't know how Louisville uh, saw CC Kaiser as indis- as dispensable to them, uh, but uh, as we've seen in Kansas City, she's pretty darn indispensable um, for for her team. So. Um, did I see playoffs? Yes. Did I see uh, making a run to the championship in a league like this, where there's you know two rounds of playoffs before you're in the championship? Anything is certainly possible. Would I have considered them a, a, a true NWSL championship contender at the beginning of the year? Probably not. And honestly, um, I think we were all, you, at least you and I, Blair, were at the game in May, uh, at the end of uh, May, before they turned it around and really started going. Um, up until that point, I don't even think I would have seen them as the true contender and maybe even a playoff team until they started putting all those wins and the, the unbeaten streak together. So it, it's a team that's come on late. Um, it's a team that's very different from the one that lost 3 nothing at Portland on the, at the beginning of the year. Um, it's a team that's on fire and believes that every single time they step on the field right now, they're going to win. And at some point, that belief really does carry you and transcend um, any, quote, on paper talent gap that might exist in some of these matchups that they've had against uh, OL Reign and what's it, what you're going to have against Portland too. And I would add that it 
by all accounts, seems to be a fun team. Now, every anybody will tell you that in any sport that winning is fun, but these guys have had fun all along. And I saw it when you both were out at uh, at the training facility earlier this week. That um, you can't help but smile when you talk to Lola Bonta and some of the other players out there. Hey, and I know you you try to get into that a little bit with her and and, and others. Um, there is again. Look, when you win, we've been we've been in winning clubhouses and locker rooms, and they're having fun. But um, but this team, as as Low is saying, she'll go down and sit at anybody's table and have you know and, and laugh and, and and smile with people. And um, it, there is a there is an air about this team, isn't there? Uh, there is, and uh, I can spell the word, but I still can't pronounce uh, joie de vie. How do you? Uh, joie de vie. How do you, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I can spell it without looking, just like I learned to do with Shashevsky, but that's another story. Um, you know, it, it's unmistakable, and there is a chicken and egg question to be asked about this, you know, with all teams, right? Because we've seen teams with great chemistry not be very good, and teams with uh, poor chemistry win. You see that happen, but I would submit that there is a fairly reasonable relationship between the two when when players like each other, when players respect ownership, when players feel respected. And uh, um, as this team must in ways that few teams ever in the sport could ever feel with the commitment ownership is made to them, that there's a there's a translatable, almost tangible aspect to how it um, shows up on the field. And. Lowe did a nice job. I don't remember her exact words, but I was trying to ask her a little bit about that dynamic and what it, how feeling that way about each other affects the team. And and she, she, she said words basically to that effect. I wish I could capture her eloquence off, off the top of my head, but um, I just thought it was interesting. And it's part of what makes them so compelling to watch. I mean, Daniel can speak to this better than anyone, but um it, it, they're they're pretty enthralling to watch, and y- you have to love just the arc of the story when you think about that too. I mean, we certainly are all cognizant of what they now mean on the Kansas City landscape, but uh, the idea that they were last place last year and made really significant moves, and then had a couple of the most major moves almost uh, be be for not at least for this season right away because of injuries, and then. You know, little by little, they accelerate into this. It's it's just what you want in sports. And we'll hear from we're going to hear from Lowe after we take a break. So uh, and and Coach Matt Potter as well, uh, who were out at, um, at at the training facility with meeting the media earlier this week. Let me just pause a little public service announcement. I um, I apologize in advance. The interviews were conducted outside. We need to get as much investment as the current has made um, on their in their facility, and of course the the groundbreaking of the new stadium. We need to get them an interview tent, or at least <laughs> an, an indoor facility to conduct interviews, because you will hear the wind whipping. Um, <laughs> I've not been Daniel. I don't know if this is true, but I've not been inside the the sanctum uh, yet, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I thought maybe that would work out that way. On the other hand, Blair, it would have kept Daniel. From his uh, uh, rather enjoyable and colorful lead the other day uh, about <laughs> writing about the, the, it starting in the cold and ending in the cold, I love that. Yeah. That's exactly right, too, isn't it, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, and it, it's been fun too because I, I think even you know some of the folks from the TV station 
we were out there and it was just maybe two or three of us that were going out before the training facility was finished and they were out at swope uh you know driving to swope in the driving april rain and the you know barely 45 degree temperatures and we're out there wet and our hands are numb because we're just trying to hold our phone out there to talk to to coach potter at the beginning of the year it's one of those things where like as the seasons change and the way soccer falls in the american calendar you know if you if you get to train in the cold uh two different times um in this in the year then you've you've had a long season and you're doing pretty well so i it, it was a fun little fun little idea to throw in there but i just uh you know that it shows how good that they've been this year to to get all this way because you know they say they don't make the playoffs so they lose a couple of weeks ago um that that's not happening so uh yeah Hey, Blair, one other just quick interjection, and maybe we get to this, but just while the thought hits me, what what I find also inspiring and pretty cool about this, I mean, you, you do want to see the return on investment when they've invested the way they have, right? But I, I think it would have been reasonable to, to think that that's something that would happen over time instead of so quickly. And I, I so I think that's, that's a, it's just a, another interesting part of the story. Because all the other things they've been doing, you know, frankly, it didn't make winning secondary, but it 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 put winning in sort of a different place because of the organizational trajectory with the stadium and the training facility. And we think very much in terms of what what it portends about the future for the club and for Kansas City. But it it's just, you know, obviously puts it in a whole nother gear to have this happen this quickly. Now I do wonder if they'll run into a problem about having to win every year now, like uh, now that they've set this tone. Yeah, they better. (laughs) 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 No, of course. But I can't help but think that um, the, the, the team, the players were lifted by the investment in them this year. You know, that uh, they, 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 they had an opportunity in this, you know, this may only happen this year in in their in their lives where they got to go to a was it 11 I forgot what the price tag was on the training facilities it's 17 million 11, I can't remember exactly what it was but a beautiful new facility right in Riverside and then take part in the the groundbreaking ceremony of the 117 million dollar stadium in the in the Berkeley Riverfront Park um that has to be a spirit lifting um occasion that well, I don't know if you, if you, if you're wearing that uniform, it's got to bring out the best in you. I would think. Well, remember, all three of us were there. I think that day, and and I think Sam McDowell also um, mm-hmm. it was the training facility day. And some of the ways the women described the 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 meaning of this, were, you know, were just startling to me in a way, and probably shouldn't be. But they're talking about how you know they've been in sheds or they've been in men's locker rooms. They've certainly never had, you know, the, the team crest or seal, uh, on, on, on their own, uh, facility equipment. Yeah. Um, and I think it was Kristen Edmonds who, who said something that we all used in different forms about the only thing the facility was missing was a time machine. So she could go back five years to extend her career. And mm-hmm. boy, is that, is that telling? And one, one last thing for, from this little, uh, uh, Rant it it the fact that the commissioner has been in for all these events, the fact that this is happening in the fiftieth year of Title Nine, all that coalesces in a pretty powerful way. 
Totally. I agree. And I I think too, if you look at some of the, um, you know, I, I don't know how much you guys read the Sally Yates report when that came out a few weeks ago and uh, saw the E60 documentary that kind of detailed a lot of the stuff that Portland, you know, as a team uh, of former players for Portland and within that organization, um, you talked, I, mean, I remember talking with Becky Sauerbrunn uh, prior to the U.S. Women's National Team game against England at uh, Wembley a couple of weeks ago, the same week that that came out. And there's genuine like apprehension to the idea of even playing for that team. I think you know, there's so much we talk about all the positive investment. You talk about Jessica Berman coming here for all this stuff. I mean, this is a model of what they want. Um, for ownership in a league. And I think uh, players are realizing it as well. Um, Cause you know, I think, but I'm pretty sure Lynn Williams requested the trade out of North Carolina um, to come here. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam did as well. And Sam, that was where Paul Riley was coaching before everything went down. I mean, this has been a really dark place in this sport for so long that um a team like Kansas City that's coming in doing things the right way and investing like that, um, like you said, players have to respond because I think Kristen Hamilton told me one thing earlier this year when she was on our main run of goal scoring form between the Challenge Cup and the regular season. She said, um, I'm so used to being screamed and yelled at as a player um, and to hear everything be so positive constructive criticism not that there's an absence of criticism but everything is done in a way to like hey this was a mistake this is where we think you can be better here and as constructive criticism and positive reinforcement um uh for all for positive actions on the field and it's just an entirely different mindset that a lot of these players are experiencing um, for the first time. And it's taking them to, you know, to heights that um, I don't think anybody really saw coming, but uh, it goes to show, like Vahe said, just everything that's been poured in and how important this is to the league shows it's having a very obvious impact on the players as they, you know, conduct their, themselves on and off the field. Um, and it, it sure has to have an effect on the psyche because we've seen, I've seen and heard about, you know, the negative psyche that all the other bad things um, have had on players that are dealing with that and have been in clubs that have been kind of highlighted by that. So I think it's, uh, it, it go it just goes to show that, you know, and it was still um, really looks and sees what Kansas city is doing and hopes that that is the model moving forward and players are responding alike too. Hey Blair, I, what, I, don't, I hope you don't mind if I just interject a question to Daniel. I, I, mm-hmm. I, Daniel, it's clear you've, developed relationship with so many people in and around the team and and with with Matt Potter. And I, I you, you've written about him in, in a number of ways, but I, I wonder if if you could describe what what the significance of his role has has been in this. Um because I obviously I think it must be significant, but I, I think you can quantify it better than than I could. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of I think of what Potter's done with this team is he's really tailored his system. And he told us this too when he first came on. He's tailored the way he wants to play based on what he has available versus here is a system. I have a bunch of triangular pegs. And if you're a square peg, you're not going to fit. Um, he's going to find a way to make uh, all of those things work together um, and, and make it, uh, you know, uh, make it a fluid thing that 
you know, sometimes formationally is a little bit odd. Not a lot of teams in soccer run a three-one-four-two. Um, it's a very, it's a very different formation. A lot of teams in the end of the cell do run three at the back, but um, the, how he sets up the midfield, how he does things, is all based on the strong suits of his players, and he's created a plan that is very fluid and effective in emphasizing the strong suits of his players. And I think that kind of goes back to this positive reinforcement thing where they're always looking to put players in the best position possible to succeed. So when CC Kaiser comes over here from Louisville and says, you know, they're playing me deeper in the midfield as a number 10, I kind of like to be, you know, what uh, in a little bit more further forward and in a way kind of a, a striker that gets to roam free and do whatever she needs to find the space that she wants on the field. Um, all of a sudden he gets, he puts her in that position and she's, blown away she has more goals in you know the two two three months that she's been with kansas city than she has in her entire career um because she was put in the position that fit her strong suits and i think of even when elise bennett came on to the field like she didn't go and directly do what cc kaiser was doing after uh in that first half against the rain on sunday she went out and did what you know what Elise Bennett is really good at doing, um, which is drawing attention, being physical, and threatening people in behind with her speed and physicality. And all of a sudden, that was drawing defenders. You've watched Kristen Hamilton. There's a great behind the back view of Kristen Hamilton's goal there, where you know Ham or Bennett wins the ball in the air. And it, it falls to Hamilton because no one's picking her up because everyone's focused on trying to shut down Elise's uh, speed and power. And so then as she runs, she drags defenders out of the way, opens up this giant lane for Kristen Hamilton to rip her shot into, and she scores. And it's just one of the some of those things where every single player is put in a spot um, with with you know roles and responsibilities that fit their strong suits. And it's it's not. Um, it's not okay. I need my right back or my central defender or my defensive midfielder to do, to do this. So I need you to learn how to do that. It is you fit best as a as a lone defensive midfielder, Desiree Scott. So we're not going to put you in a position where you're a double pivot and you have to be a little bit more aggressive in certain areas that you maybe don't fit your strong suit. Um, and so it's just decisions like that that he's kind of a madman and how he tinkers with his tactics and the overall idea of who they want to be is there but um as the coach uh, and their coaching staff for them they've done they're so um detail oriented on each player that they can come up with a plan like that that uh the players can execute because everyone's put in a position to succeed and it's a little a little different you know peter vermes has his formation his system and now he wants to do things at sporting kc and potter's um, Potter changes his based on who his personnel is. So um, I think this team would have looked entirely different if Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams were still playing with them today. Um, so I have very different formations, maybe even different personnel on the field. So it just shows to show uh, how well he's tinkered with everything to make um, everything work the way it did. And it's kind of a shame that he was third in the coach of the year voting because um, I think out of anyone that was on that list, he did the most with what he had um, and took a team from, you know, I just know it's a regular season award, but he took them from worst in the league um, to four points out of first place uh, at the end of the season. So uh, Potter gets a lot of credit. He'll do everything he can to deflect it to everybody else because that's who he is. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot that he's done as a coach that has really allowed this team to succeed in the way that it has. Yeah. If that's not coach of the year stuff, I don't, I don't know what is from, 
Yep. From last to doorstep of first. Um, okay. Uh, the teams uh, played twice in the regular season. Portland uh, defeated the current three to zip back in April and they played again in September with a one, one draw. I don't know who scored first in the one, one game. Who, who was, do you know, Dan? Portland scored first in the 87th minute and uh, the current tied it up uh, very, very late in the last minute of stoppage time with a rocket free kick from Haley Mace. Gotcha. Okay. So there is that going into Saturday. All right. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, you're going to hear from current coach Matt Potter and from Lola Banta. But this is where we bid farewell to Daniel Sperry and Vahe Gregorian. Great conversation, guys. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Blair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Now let's hear from Kansas City current midfielder Lo Labanta as she spoke with Vahe and then from coach Matt Potter. And I just wonder what that means to you when you say it's about time. I don't know if you can elaborate on that. But. Yeah, for me, it's about time is uh, refers to just, you know, putting women's sports on the map and just giving them the platform that they deserve. You know, there's great athletes all around the world, great female athletes. And just to give them the spotlight, finally, it's just, you know, it's about time. That's what I was I, yeah, hinting at. I, I figured that's what you meant. And, and look, I mean, you, you I mean, nothing against FCKC, right? But I mean, that, that was a little different climate. Um, probably a different climate in women's sports, but also just playing your sport. Um, did the arc of that, is that something that's, uh, that you appreciate how that's changed specifically? Yeah, I mean, for in terms of you mean like the sport from the city? Where you well, where where you played or the facilities? Um, yeah, I mean for FCKC, it was very similar to our first year here for KC Woso, who, what we were called last year. Um, we trained at the same or where we trained, we had our games there for FCKC. And a thing is, I think it's coming full circle for this team because FCKC, you know, won two championships. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully now that we can win this one, you know. We just have even more support in putting us on the map again. And when you when you try to explain to people how you went from what the team was last year to this year, what's the most succinct way to say? It? You said you wouldn't, you can't say you're shocked. And there's a reason for that. It, it, yeah, I would say um, the difference mainly from last year too is just the investment in the players. I think you know we got a facility now. We're not out of trailers. We're it's just very professional now. So all the investment and. 
look what happened. We're able to actually produce a great product at, in the game. So I think it just comes for investing in your players and, you know, having them be able to play in great facilities shows that it could be rewarding. And, and that's an interesting part of this whole thing, too. There's certain synergy to the investment, but nice to have the return on investment right now, isn't it? Does that all sort of come together in an emotional 100%. way 100%. I guys? think every single player on this team is absolutely grateful to the Longs and Brittany uh, Mahomes. And we just know they really care about us and they want us to, you know, succeed at the end of the day. So they've invested in us and our return to them is giving them the end product at the end of the weekend. And we always talk about playing for something bigger on this team. And we always mention the city and we always mention ownership and then people's individual, whatever it is that drives them at the end of the day. What best, uh, what's the best testimony to the support of the sense of support of the city? What, what, where do you see that? Yeah, I mean, for sure, the Blue Crew, I mean, they were with us when we were our FCKC days, so when they came back, we knew they were going to be the first ones in the stadium when we came back here. And I think, you know, the city lights up, you know, when they light up the um, all the lights downtown, putting the teal on. Like, there's people around wearing KC gear. There's people, my husband's on sporting, but people come up and recognize me as well. So the full city, I think, just shows, like, when you invest in your players and they do well and you you know, market them really well, the team is gonna, or the city's gonna buy in and support the team. How have the last 48 hours been? <laughs> uh, recovery. Yeah. You know, um, all about recovery right now, and then obviously we start the journey towards uh, Saturday today. So. When, do you, when do you think it'll kind of feel real that Saturday you guys are playing for, for the championship? Kickoff, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I think we've done a, the group's done a really good job of, we, we keep saying it all the time, processes, behavior, identity, and, and we just keep living into the possibility of who we can be and what we want to be, and um, yeah, I'm not quite sure when it will hit home about the game itself, because we've done a really good job of just trying to put games for what they are, and that's a game and an opportunity for us to express ourselves for the people we care about whether that be friends, family, ownership, people internally, or, or whether the greater Kansas City community. So that's why we're doing this. Did you expect to be here this quick? In your guys' uh, From journey? over there to here? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, for me, it's about creating the environments. Um, in terms of the group, they take all the credit because they're the ones who are about to buy into what we've tried to implement. and. Uh, the journey we've been on, we've had our ups and downs, but we find ourselves here because of the work we've done and that, that credit goes to the players. They're the ones that have been doing it every day and uh, we're proud of them to get to this point and hopefully there's one more to come. This is a bit related, but I wonder what the most succinct way to explain how you could go from what the environment was or the, where, where you guys were last year to where you are now. Uh, well, I can't speak to what was before me, but but ultimately, I think we've we've had these little landmarks along the way that have allowed us to grow as a group. Um, we spent a month together in preseason where there was nothing but each other to to fall back on and grow and figure out things that were important to us in terms of an identity on and off of the field. And then, obviously, moving into the training center here has been another big moment where everybody just wants to be here. So. Um, to spend that time together, that helps you build this sense of um, 
relationships that are meaningful and there's a lot of meaningful relationships within the group and upstairs downstairs between front office and ourselves the, the technical group downstairs so yeah there's just a lot of good positive things Well, it's hard not to be energized by the project. You know, Angie, Chris, is, is ownership, and Brittany—they've—they've they've got this idea in their head about what they want to, what they want this to look like. Uh, we believe in the project. I'm just grateful that I get an opportunity to be part of it. And as we've looked every day, it's just trying to again live into the possibility of what it can become. Uh, we obviously these little indicators by you all being here means that we're moving in the right direction and. That's what we want to continue to do, continue to grow, continue to build. Um, but the group that's here are, are doing all the hard work. I'm just, I'm just here to facilitate and enjoy it along the way like you guys. Coach, today the league announced that this game will be shown the first time ever on a primetime slot on major network in the evening. Are, I mean, it seems like all these firsts are happening with you and, and your team. I know that can't be getting old. Well, I think it's long overdue um, for the players in this league that, that way back when started out. Um, it's long overdue for the sport. You know, there's been much to celebrate in, in women's soccer in this country across the world for a long, long time. And the fact that it's now getting the, the stage that it deserves, I couldn't be, again, I couldn't be happier personally to be a part of it, but I could be happier for all the players that have come before and for those that are playing. Is it satisfying? To be part of it is very humbling. Um, I feel very fortunate to be in the position I'm in, and I feel a sense of responsibility to be entrusted with with this part of the journey. Um, I think our best days are still to come, though. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production crew of Monty Davis, George Howard, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian and Daniel Sperry for sharing their insights. The Morning Sports Edition is the best sports page in America. Yep, I said it, because it's true. It carries all of the star stories, plus news, features, and columns from around the country and around the world. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Sportsbeat KC next week to talk everything sports in Kansas City.